Hi everyone, and welcome to Queer Reflections, the podcast where we discuss queer representation in our visual media, past, present, and future. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen and support this podcast. To find out more and follow along, see at Queer Reflections on Instagram. If you like what you hear, please think about leaving a review on your podcast provider. Hi everyone and welcome to Season 2, Episode 5 of Queer Reflections. Today I'm joined by Patrick and Chelsea from Falmouth Cornwall in the UK. Currently they are making a gay rom-com short film called Topless. During their pre-production we had a chat and we were able to explore what they hope to gain from the experience, to discuss themes and representations, and also discuss their experiences with queer visual media. I hope you're having a wonderful day and that you enjoy the following interview and I'll see you in a minute. Okay, so uh, thank you for joining me. Nice to see you both. Um, how has your day been? I know I've just asked, but just for the listeners at home. Let's pretend it didn't happen. <laughs> been very good. Very busy. Nice. How's your project coming along? It's been going great so far. I mean, we have been doing quite a lot to, to promote it. And so right now, on the 9th of June, this, this upcoming Thursday, Depends when you're listening to this, but yeah, on the 9th of June, we're having a raffle, like drag show at the Cornish Bank in Falmouth. Yeah, I've, I've seen the promo. It looks so good. I'm very jealous. I can't get down for it. Oh, that's a shame. It would have been really fun. Yeah. But yeah, we've just been going ham with the promotion right now and, and doing everything we can to, to get as many people to come over. And then, you know, everything from getting sponsored by 17 different companies to then, you know, get some sort of just influx of money yeah <laughs> just to help them make the project a reality at this yeah. point and I, I think that's really it's it's really good to see that you've been able to do that so what course are you on right now so we're both actually in the same year uh in film okay. but we're doing film together and yeah and this is not a film this is not a uni project this is not assessed mm-hmm. so this is yeah. just a side gig on its own which is really exciting because right. we i kind of thought that you know it's important to not not to mention that this is worked on by students because there's always that stigma that if it's a student film, it's going to be mediocre. It's not going to be anything good. And so we're just trying to, yeah. to, to bash that stereotype out the, out the yard. And where does the, talk to me about the project, where does the kind of the idea come from? How has it come to be? Well, the project in itself, ah. Oh. <laughs> He's like, it's personal. It's quite personal. You know, it, it, it's not yeah. too much of fiction, let's mm. just say that. <laughs> yeah. Well, when I, when I, so basically I started living alone in Denmark at 16. And I originated from Lithuania and then I moved to Denmark at 16. And um, let's just say that that was my time for experimenting with everything that I could get my hands on. And I knew from an early age that I was different and that, you know... um, (laughs) That's like such a cliche line. It is. It's like a line of like a YA kind of film. It's like, I knew from a young age I was different. But yeah, so long story short, short, I knew I was gay and that I I was a little bit different in that regard. So I, I had a lot of... I had a lot of sex. 
uh, I would say, and yeah. I was quite, and I'm still quite emotionally mature, well, much better than now than I was before, because I would go on, on hookups, um, and um, I just didn't really, didn't really, I don't know, I think it was just because that I wanted, so I, I moved on and started living on my, on my, by, my own, by myself, oh, I'm, so, I'm just going on a tangent. <laughs> Long story short, I moved to Denmark at 16, started living on my own, and then I wanted to get the same love that I had with my family when I was living with mom and my dad, and, and that was missing because now I was all of a sudden, all of a sudden by myself, and I searched for that love in strangers because why would they have sex if not finding me interesting um and that's the kind of and then i grew grew out of it and i came to falmouth and that completely changed and then i started to think that no i i deserve a bit more <laughs> and i i was living completely alone in denmark i had my best friend i lived with him and we always had like a family kind of relationship but here I came alone with nobody, and so that kind of helped me. And then I thought, you know, this this seems like a good film, <laughs> and that's where it came from. How much of it is personal? Then is there any? Is it all kind of a, a personal take on that? Well, a lot of it is personal, but I don't know how to say this without not spoiling the film. But something yeah. shit hits the fence in early on in the film. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe a bit dramatized. It is quite. Yeah, and like obviously parts of it are fabricated for like conflict and to make it interesting. Yeah. But, but yeah. Essentially, the character is you know stemming from a very personal standpoint of Patrick. Two characters actually, Anthony yeah. and Justin is. So my my logic behind it was that Anthony is the part of me that wants it here now, the one that's emotionally driven, driven, and then Justin is the side that's more logically driven, that, you know, yeah. thinks about it and doesn't want to rush into it too much. Yeah. So that's that's what we kind of, well, established very early on that, oh, you know what, actually, Anthony and Justin, just, it's just me, but two halves of me. <laughs> yeah, that well, that's very interesting in itself that you've, both characters are inspired by you, but different sides to view. None of that. Uh, in terms of kind of, Film inspiration, though, what what things are you drawing from? Who, what filmmakers are you inspired by in terms of narrative or look, visual aesthetic? Very much Greg Berlanti. Uh, when he directed Love, Simon, that was the first time I've seen a mainstream film uh, go be... The way, the, the way that the film just taught... Well, not taught. It's, it's just introduced uh, homosexuality, not as, like like something that's abnormal but yet it's just a thing that everyone goes through and everyone yeah. questions at some point in their life in a didactic manner without derogatory notions and it's just very up for like up straight straightforward it's straight wow it's up front with it it's yeah, not yeah, yeah. yeah so love simon is definitely like was the main inspiration and then most recently, when I watched Heartstopper, I was Aww, like, yeah. I was yeah. so shocked. I was like, holy shit, this is basically topless. But if topless was shot yeah. in high school. Yeah, it does have like similar elements. But I think that's just like, you know, real queer representation, isn't it? Yeah. Yours is much more um, raw in terms of like adult, you know, content, I guess. Theirs is very yeah. innocent, isn't it? Yeah. It's, you know, Young first love. loves. Yeah.
Yeah, uh, we're finding that on the project I'm working on at the moment is that there's a lot of parallels to Heartstopper, which is really nice to say that like that content's being made and there's room for that content as well now. So it's not like you're making something that is going to be hard to sell because you can talk about those references and say, well, they've, they've done very well. Um, so I think that's really good that we've been able to see something like Heartstopper come to be. Yeah, I mean, it's the same as like all genres, isn't it? Like you look at rom-coms and they're all just like copies of each other. So, you know, we need more of that in like queer culture and stuff. So let's see more Heartstoppers and Toplesses, shall we? Be nice. So can I just ask, how do you both identify in this kind of current moment then? Oh, I'm, I'm just straight. I'm just bog standards. <laughs> just, you know. There has been times, obviously, where it's, <clears throat> you know, we're coming to a point in society where you do kind of like, it's like almost like a constant evaluation. You're like, am I still feeling that way? Because it is like fluid yeah. at the end of the day. Like how you feel doesn't have to be linear and solidified. Yes. But I've never really like, there's been so many times where I've learned about um, new labels and been like, is that me? <laughs> is that, do I do that? Like my friend's asexual and she was like, the way you talk makes me think you're asexual and I was like please don't give me this crisis but then we got over that and we were like it's fine but at the moment I'm pretty sure <laughs> I've never been very like I'm straight but um yeah I'm I'm fairly confident of it <laughs> I think. you think yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, well I I'm just gay I mean, it's just a classic gay. I'm just a classic gay. <laughs> no, I mean, I wouldn't consider. You know, like, I hate, I hate when um, media creates uh, stereotyping, and then you have the vet, and like, I think I got first introduced with um, uh, tribes, as Grinder calls it, uh, on Grinder with yeah. bears and twinks and otters and and oh. ruggeds and paws and etc <laughs> and i always thought of myself like oh i want to be a hunk but why am i a twink so like i and also like with the with the idea of being flamboyant i don't like so i i don't know i would maybe say my that yes i'm i'm a, a cis, cis male gay yeah. homosexual if you will <laughs> uh, but I wouldn't consider myself like nor nor feminine nor masculine overtly like you know yeah. when you have those kinds of like people um, that probably explains why I'm versed as well <laughs> I mean fair fair point and <laughs> where to go from there an interesting point but yeah I mean that's very true in terms of when I know that when I labelled myself as gay when I was like 15 I thought that maybe that had an impact on my kind of gender identity and the reality is that it doesn't really it doesn't do you know I mean you are who you want to be you are who you are and sadly we live in kind of a, a rigid gender binary in terms of how people think they have to act and things like that so I think it's very good that you're able to just be yourself Patrick I'm happy about that as well. It's just that, like, especially yeah. here in Falmouth, everyone yeah. is is very well. Falmouth has such good with the students, especially like queer representation. Yeah. If not for the art school, <laughs> yeah, and I definitely feel that every time I come down and visit, that it it feels like a safer zone. Like I can see 
visibly queer people and people holding hands and things that is something that makes me and my partner feel safe and then obviously I've got uh, kind of queer friends down there as well from my time at university so do you think how was your schooling experience then in terms of kind of queer identities how was secondary school prime well primary college um awful <laughs> um yeah. when i was at school i come from butte so it is another okay. like small cornish town and the amount of people that were gay but didn't feel like it was a safe space for yeah. them to be gay and they hadn't come out but because they were, I guess, flamboyant, they were constantly bullied for being gay. And yeah. I'm like, okay. you're not giving them the opportunity to, like, come out. But I think, you know, when you're at that age, I certainly have... I've never been homophobic, just to let everyone know. But, um, yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, when you're that age, you do have quite, like, a narrow mindset because of your surroundings yeah. so i remember asking i feel so guilty about this but i remember asking no say it someone was very very openly gay in our school he was probably the only person in our school that yeah. was outwardly queer and proud of it and i remember talking to him and being like have you never had interest in a female and he was like nope and i was like but how do you know if you haven't tried it and I think about that and I'm like, that's so stupid. <laughs> that's so stupid. It's not like food, you know? It's like, uh, yeah. Um, but everyone, it's still like it now. Like we're lacking the kind of um, openness that the university brings. So I do feel a bit more exposed here to just diversity in general, but yeah. How about you, Patrick? I am <clears throat> a whole different story because I I lived in, so I was brought up in Lithuania, so I went to, yeah. to primary, middle, and high, and a bit of high school in Lithuania, and I was, well, my name is not even Lithuanian, so from the bat, just because my name was Danish, I was already a bit of a oddball because I was like ooh you know exotic that's not that's Lithuanian yeah, yeah. and then and and everything was fine but then around 13 when I was in going into middle school and then going into high school I only went to like nine year nine that's according to the UK and then after year nine I went to high school in Denmark and I finished high school in Denmark so basically Lithuania is like the, the my age group my friends from back home they are totally okay with it but of course there was quite a few people that of course bullied and called me gay and and, and fag um but there was there was it was only psychological there wasn't any any like aggressive uh physical activity going on uh whereas yeah. in denmark nobody could give a rat's ass who you were what you did when you did it with who and yada yada because everybody fiddled with each other in Denmark anyway uh, so if, if if one of you would say something you could have something to say back because everyone is you know they, they've, they've had all of us in Denmark had some sort of experience with the same sex from what I've 
from the people that I've talked to, at least as I don't want to say this, but experimented it because they were interested and they were that open in their sexuality that it didn't matter and it didn't feel like, oh, so what? Even if I did like guys and I did like girls, that's not going to be an issue. Whereas in Lithuania, people would be a little bit more put off by that idea of kind of like, I don't want to wear pink or bright clothes because yeah. automatically that would be a bit more feminine. And that's, that's still reflected to, that, to this day. Like in shops, in the men's section, for example, you would never see like bright colors unless the, shop, the shop's ethos is just that. Whereas in Denmark, you have a wider selection and stuff like that. So everything from high school experience to, to even, even the, the community, you could see that clearly. How about through your teaching, though? So your teaching staff for people who taught you, was it ever discussed in school? Well, in Lithuania, only during... We had this class called Ethics. So we would discuss different, different um, you know, situations. So uh, th- this one time, I remember clearly that we were talking about AIDS and, H- and HIV, and then the teacher was totally fine with it. And she was saying that, you know, yes, it got very, well heavy news feed well just just a lot just a lot of coverage during the AIDS epidemic uh back when what was it like 80s 90s uh within the gay community but there was there were no derogatory notions towards uh you know like if you wouldn't like be able to run at during PE you wouldn't be called you know a sissy or something uh, so both Denmark and Lithuania, like during in the educational kind of area, at least I haven't experienced any anything from the from the lecturers, never. Okay. Yeah. But then again, I wasn't like, and I'm still not very like. How to how to say? I am open about being gay, but it, and if and if someone would ask me, I would say yes. But back then, maybe I was a bit more closed off. In front of the teachers, I was one of those kids that would go with your mom's friends and not drink wine. I would drink grape juice, but they would drink wine, and we would talk about their husband issues. And then I would listen here and, and you know and, and, and talk about hmm, maybe you know he's going through something as well, yada yada. And I was doing the same tactic to the teachers as well. I would be like the, not the teacher's pet, but I would always be the one that like starts a conversation or something. And I kind of maybe got a bit more help from the lecturers just because of that, because I was a bit more communicative and, and, and amicable in that retrospect. Yeah, well, that, I mean, even those kind of small elements, the fact that it wasn't... Well, it, you were pre- presented with a, a safer sort of space that you could kind of have those conversations, even if it wasn't about kind of queer identity, you... Yeah, that's nice to hear that you you kind of had that experience. So on the podcast, I always kind of go through a couple of questions about media representations because that's what kind of the, the focus of the podcast is on. So let me pose the first question to both of you. Um, and it might be hard to kind of recall or kind of think back, but do you remember the first time you saw a queer identity in visual media? That's a good question. I'm thinking about it right now. There's quite a few. My first thought is Mean Girls. (laughs) And I kind of, to be fair, as it goes, for like a first kind of like viewing of a representation, I don't think it's, you know, too tropey. 
whatsoever. <clears throat> like, they're just kind of like, bully her for being gay, and obviously, she's more emo than, like, grunge than, yeah, you know. Yeah, I remember her, yeah. Um, and then, has anyone seen My Mad Fat Diary? Yeah. Yeah, so I watched that quite young, um, and yeah. I loved that, and then one of the characters was ever so casual about, like, just coming out, and, like, it was the kind of first exposure I had to someone struggling with their identity, and, um, you know, masking it, because I think growing up I always had the idea that, you know, gay people were inherently gay, um, yeah. and camp and all of this stuff, but it was just, you know... A kind of nerdy guy being like, "Stop calling me straight. I'm not straight. Actually, I like this guy. Why do I like this guy?" Which is very interesting. Um, yeah. How about you, Patrick? I am actually. Oh my god. I'm yeah. <laughs> I'm googling right now because I remember, and I know for a fact it was a cartoon, and I know for yeah. a fact that it was. I can't, I cannot put my finger, I cannot wrap my finger around it because I, I, I can't remember it that well, but it was a cartoon of sorts and it was either from, Car it was definitely from Cartoon Network because that's what I was watching mainly at the time. Cartoon Network, okay. Um, what sort of show? That's the thing I'm trying to remember and I cannot. I cannot. I cannot. <laughs> well, besides that, queer representation, probably Hairspray. Hairspray was like 2000 not, not, no. Uh, you want about the musical version? Yes. Um, so 2007? That was my first kind of like, probably one of the first, definitely. You are so tiny. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Hairspray, was, that was, you know, not that long ago. No, but I think that was like one of my first, because I'm like, I, yeah, and like, but like I was, before that, I had sexual awakenings by, like, <laughs> like one of those guys from uh, from Cartoon Network, from like '90s Cartoon Network. Um, uh, Johnny Bravo was one of oh the. Oh my god! Yeah. Ew! No, he's he, the worst. He he is the worst, but it was just that physique that he had. It's the physique of it, yeah. It's the physique of yeah. The triangle yeah. and the tiny legs, and then That's also hot. also Robin Hood, the fox from the anime. <laughs> Disney, Disney animation. Excellent. <laughs> Though that one was my my sexual awakening, and and um, Danny Phantom. Oh my no! To be fair, okay. to be fair. Okay. When he turned into a ghost. Oh my god. <laughs> what what's the label for that? <laughs> what do you mean for animation? For being attracted to anime <laughs> ghosts. There's, <laughs> there's something there. <laughs> yeah, I had more of a of a of a thing. I, I, what about I, Peter Pan? No, Peter Pan was too young for me. A lot of people say about um. Robin Hood actually is a fox. Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> that's everyone's. Uh, that's everyone's bi awakening, isn't it? Oh, in terms of uh, Elizabeth, Kira Knightley. Yeah, I, I, I've heard that one before as well. And um, so, <laughs> what, what sort of effect did those kind of visual representations have on you, other than uh, Robin Hood as a fox? <laughs> uh, I, um. I, I, I think I just got boners oh, from God. from when oh, I was like very God. small. I don't know. I just remember this scene from Johnny Phantom where where the, where where there was this like green. Did, wait, did you know you were gay before that? Yeah. 
Okay, I used cool. to play with dolls that's, in that's kindergarten. Almost, okay. And as long as Danny Phantom wasn't the reason that you were no, like, no, no. I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but I was, when I was like, so yeah, that, that was the kind of thing. But like before that, I knew I was gay as well. Mm. Because I... In, uh, what was, other than kind of getting bonus and stuff like that, but what, what about <laughs> how it affected how you saw yourself or how you saw the queer community? I just thought of it as this like, colorful place just like a lot of rainbow when i was like younger um but i also didn't really think about it as much because you know that was that would be the first thing that would pop in my head but i wouldn't really well in in lithuanian media i wasn't really it wasn't really open so it wasn't something that i really thought about because it was just like a thing yeah that just existed but wasn't present there and so I didn't really have any, like, I've, like, to be honest, the first time I saw a drag queen was like a couple of months ago, but that was in real life. Uh, yeah. During the film of Pride. No, it wasn't a couple of months ago. It was a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. That was the first time I saw giant tits in a, in a wig and <laughs> in the street of Falmouth. And it was the very first time I saw a drag queen. So that's how, like, far away I was from the community in the first place. When you talk about Lithuanian media, what was the representation there? Was there none, or there was really none? Like not not a lot of coverage because even like today, um, it there's more coverage coming now, and with each year there's more coverage. Just because like so when Pride Month hit, Pride Month hits, like my grandma and my mom right now send a message to the group chat. My mom's because we live in front of an army base. She sent a photo of of tanks, like. Like and, 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 and massive vehicles getting ready uh, because sometimes people get thrown stuff during the parades uh, and it was legit the 1st of June. And then my grandma writes a message saying like, getting ready for that gay parade. Uh, <laughs> so to, that should kind of speak volumes in terms of what it's like right now. But like beforehand, yeah. because it's, it's, very, it's very divided. Like you have young people like us who are very pro-LGBT and, 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 and thinking, have a Western type of thinking. And then the majority of the older population, like, my mom was totally fine with it. But like, for example, my dad, even though he's Danish, you would think that he would be a bit more open about it, but no, that wasn't the case. So that kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's a very mixed bag. It's very, it's very much like male based in Lithuania that you have to be very masculine, overtly masculine, very chavy. Um, in yeah. terms of like the older, like, you know, mid forties currently, 45s, but it's changing. It's slowly changing. Is that more of an issue with kind of gender present, uh, gender kind of performance pres- presentation or is it to do with kind of actual sexuality or where does that lie? Forget gender representation. We're not there yet. We're 10, de- when, we're a decade behind in Lithuania. Yeah. Like, which is really sad. Like. Like, even, I remember, like, last month, my mom came down to Falmouth, and, um, because Falmouth is so, it's so inclusive and diverse, um, we've, uh, uh, I think I was talking about our new co-worker, Fern, uh, who happens to be non-binary, and I had to explain to mom, because she has never heard of it. She also has yeah. never heard of a thing that the UK has um, now changed, and you can no. What was it? Was it the state of New York that you can change your passport to have an X for people that don't have, that, that you know yeah. don't identify as any gender? 
so we're still we don't even have a, a, the right to get married as gay men in Lithuania or yeah. to, of you know any orientation so we're like a decade behind so yeah. Uh, we only in 2018 um, officially acknowledged the fact that so like if you're going to buy a house or something that let's say you have you have been married outside of Lithuania so only in 2018 did it become uh, officially that like oh yeah it's recognized you're recognized yeah. as a married couple but other than that everything other than L, you know that has to do with LGBTQ plus the community everything else is quite like modern yeah but you know but that, that that's biased because i am i'm part of that community so that's the only thing that i focus on besides you know every other day things yeah and i read something recently which said that because we're not the dominant representation in any sort of media we very much are picking mixing and searching for that media and using it to kind of construct identities and i think that that's the case is that I mean, I watch a lot of queer stuff and I've always watched a lot of gay stuff. Do you know what I mean? And like, do you know what I mean? we've always had that kind of experience. Okay, so we've spoken about your kind of first representations. How about the most significant representation for you of queerness that maybe made it click for you or was really positive, had an effect on your family, friendship circle, etc.? I... So because I always wanted to do something in the filmmaking area, something in... So I yeah. first started off with photography and, 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 and... No, actually with music. Then I moved on to photography. Then I moved on to, uh, to designing clothes and etc. And then I just decided that, you know, I really love filmmaking. And, and so movies... And, I, and the, in our family, especially, we would go to the cinema at least two to three times a month. It's just that we we find it so so, so interesting and it's, it's 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 such a like fun thing to do so i would sometimes delve into independent filmmaking um and you know and and, and trying to understand that aesthetic and the first film that really and films are mainly my main influence and that was the closet monster an independent film that was uh, yeah it was out I remember it was out in Canada or was it created in Canada um, let me tell you the, the okay. yeah the closet monster by Stefan Dunn so it was it was really it was it was difficult to watch it was really difficult to yeah. watch but I loved it and that was the first time that it introduced me to um, to 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 queer cinema i think that was the first film that i've watched that really 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 made me interested in it because it just showed it sh but the thing that it did it showed struggle of a queer person um and that hit me hard especially because it was a dark film and i i've watched it a long time ago i was very young i mean it's it is it is from 2015 and I think that was the time that I did watch it, around that time period as well. But then, all things changed when I saw Love, Simon, that, that it's being produced, that it's being made, and that it's very positive. And that was, that was in 2017, when I was looking at IMDb, and then I just saw a lot of pre-production stuff for it already. And I got really excited for it, and I even messaged the cinema in my, town, in my city, 
and because it's a chain, uh, they were like, oh yeah, we'll see if the public wants it or not. And then I asked my friends to send messages to the cinema to have a viewing of it in the cinema. Um, and then they kind of, then I didn't get a reply for a long time. But then, like four months later, um, in the upcoming films list, there it was. It's going to be shown in theaters soon. And I got the ticket immediately whenever, when I could. And I went to the first premiere and I was so excited. And I was so happy to actually have that kind of representation on screen and to have it shown for many people and that maybe Lafoyne could change. So those two films were my main kind of like, like triggers in a way that made me go like, oh, this is so exciting. This yeah. is what it's supposed to be like. I honestly don't think I absorbed much like content like that growing up. I don't think I had, especially because the people I was kind of surrounded with, it wasn't something that ever came up. I don't think it was something that, you know, they were passionate about. Um, I was actually really good yeah. friends with the guy who was like closeted, who didn't come out for for years. So he obviously like avoided that topic like the plague. Um, but I don't think it was until like, I don't know, I started making more friends in Falmouth. So I came to Falmouth in 2015. Um, so it wasn't until that time that I was surrounded by a bit more like diversity Um, all of my friends during like college and stuff they're like queer like I was friends with queer people but their queer like representation was like supernatural and stuff they were like shipping people and whatnot it wasn't like this film is like great representation of um, how I identify you should watch it yada 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 um so I would say like one of the first things that like I watched that I actively discussed with my friends was probably something like Call Me By Your Name. Oh yeah. yeah. Which is obviously like heavily problematic. Um but I do think it kind of triggered that conversation where I was like, hey, not only is this a really good film, it's dealing with issues that I've never seen any kind of side of. Um, that's really interesting to see in a cinema of all things as well yeah. like I I don't think I had ever seen that um, but like in terms of my family like it's just you know my family's very old fashioned <laughs> very old fashioned um, so I tried to get my mum to watch Drag Race and she was like absolutely yeah. not <laughs> you're preaching to the choir she watched honey. like 20 minutes and she's like I hate this and then at that point I kind of scribbled out everything I was like nah we don't we don't need to talk about it it's fine <laughs> I did the same thing I showed Drag Race to my mom mm-hmm. and she was looking at it she didn't say a word she was look- we were watching the whole episode she was quiet uh-huh. um yeah. And, and she didn't say a word and, and then like 15 minutes before it ends she looks at me and she says so they're so they so wait, so tell me <laughs> <laughs> she, she looked at me she, and while, while they're having a lip sync because you know it's kind of like that part where you can talk and stuff 
um, oh, what's that word? Because it's she didn't use the word transgender. She used a derogatory word. Oh, that's, is it like transvestite yes. or something? Yeah. yeah. And she said, so they're transvestites, right? And I'm like, no, 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 they're men. But, and she said, but then... How? I completely forgot about Rocky Horror. <laughs> Obviously, I watched Rocky Horror, but that that was like iconic during college for my friends and me. Oh, I haven't seen Rocky Horror, uh, but I did go to a musical of it. What? I did what? go see the musical. Okay, okay that's almost better. In Danish too. Yeah. You're missing out on Tim Curry. It's I like know. An alien. I should have known so before and yeah. should have seen it. But like yeah. with mom, yeah, she would look at them and she said, "But where's so how?" But then where's the penis? And I'm like, Mama, they tuck it in. And she said, well, I, and she's a doctor. Yeah. And she's, and she's yeah. like, well, I know anatomy, Patrick. <laughs> I know. And I'm like, yeah, so, you yeah, know. But Mama, you don't know drag queens. <laughs> and she, and yeah, but, but, you know, she wasn't against it. My brother, on the other hand, like, he doesn't understand it. He doesn't really see the point in it. Um, that there isn't really much, but yeah, drag race. I showed it to her and I'm like, but I told mom, I was like, mom, think about it. These men can sew, can walk better in heels than you can, can, you know, do makeup and-, and Splits, death drops. They, you know, like everything. And, and, and it's, it's all about performance and it's, and it's all about expression. And, and she, under, she listened, she understood everything. She agreed. But it's not something that you would watch for entertainment in a way, which I love about that. Is that you know she can understand where you know, yeah. she, it, so that's that's something that yeah you unlocked the memory for me there, Chelsea. Yeah. It's like innocent curiosity, isn't it? It's not yeah. like them being like, yeah, why is a man wearing a wig? It's like you know. Well, I think we need we need more of kind of those conversations where we allow people to be curious and not get stuff right and I, I, a lot of people don't have that space to kind of have that so I think a lot of the queer students I have uh, often talk to me about how they're always kind of teaching their parents all these terms and I know that f for me Patrick I don't know about you but I feel like sometimes it's like I'm not the only gay in the world like I don't know everything and I feel like a lot of people do come to me about stuff and I'm like I my experience is one experience um but allowing people to have those safe spaces and i definitely feel like as a queer person you want to be the one to be like yeah let's let's have an open conversation about this let's kind of deconstruct your anxieties around it without feeling like they're being attacked for it how do you feel about that i know no i haven't had anyone ask me or that i would need to well, maybe the only thing that I did, like in a way, teach um, was grinder, because there was also always that assumption that, oh, it's just like Tinder, but for gay people. I'm like, no, <laughs> no. Unfortunately, even though the creator wanted it to be like that, a, a place to socialize, it became a bit something different due to media, and that was the main thing that I kind of taught anyone about. There was um, there was a couple of guys that that are straight and that are my friends that we're just curious about it but it wasn't something that I would need to like explain because they know that you know how sex works and at the same time it's just a form of like how you know it's they, they, they understand that it's just a, like you can express emotions the same way to a man 
if you're a man as you would to a man if you're a woman and etc because it's just you know a, a communication between two people inherently uh, nothing to do with with the gender identity uh, in that area with, with, with you know with what I had to deal with but it was mainly grinder that they were talking yeah, about I, I, yeah they were talking about how much they wanted to have sex and that like you know they they don't have anyone to do that with and they wanted to at least have a friend with benefits but like you know this girl had this thing another girl had this thing and then they were like but how do you get that and etc and that's when grinder came up to, to their conversation but yeah apart th apart from that i didn't really get i wasn't a teacher to anyone <laughs> I think that's good. I think that's, you know... I wasn't the right... Just the right circle of people, I think. Yeah. Well, I have a, one of my best friends is, like, asexual. There isn't... I don't think I've been in a room with her where she said, I'm asexual, and someone's like, oh, cool. It's always like, what's that? You don't have sex. You don't have any desire to do this. And there's, like, all these, like, you know umbrella terms underneath asexual yeah. that no one knows about and she's like constantly explaining all the time so I think that made me quite I don't know whenever there's like an issue that comes up I always want to do my own research on it because like if yeah. you're the one yeah. that's being like questioned and oppressed you don't want to constantly be telling people like why you're oppressed yeah. <laughs> like educate yourself you know like why do you need people telling you all the time but like innocent questions here and there it's like I think it's only natural. It's natural. Yeah, I, th I think it's it's a balance, isn't it? That that you really want to help as a queer person, but also you don't know everything, and also it is pretty exhausting uh, to be the one that's kind of the fountain of knowledge. Hi everyone, I just wanted to take a second to talk about our sponsors this season at Ethos Made. Ethos Made specialise in making eco-friendly, sustainable and non-toxic coconut wax candles on the northern coast of Cornwall. Recently they have released a prideful collection with three pride flag inspired candles that smell and look amazing. And even cooler is the fact that a portion of the proceeds goes to specific LGBTQIA charities. There's a traditional pride flag candle with proceeds going to the Say It Loud Club, whose work helps LGBTQIA refugees seek asylum in the UK from countries where you can be persecuted for being a member of the community. There's the trans flag candle, which supports Gendered Intelligence, a trans-led and trans-involving charity that works to increase understandings of gender diversity and improve the lives of trans people. Their vision is a world where diverse gender expressions are visible and valued, and where trans, non-binary, gender diverse and gender questioning people live healthy, safe and fulfilled lives. There's also the Lesbian Flag Candle, which supports the Kaleidoscope Trust, who work to fund, fight for and empower those upholding the human rights of LGBT people by working with governments, change makers, and civil society organizations to effect meaningful and lasting change in the lives of LGBTQIA people everywhere. Each candle is a wonderful refreshing scent called Pomelo and Pink Fizz. They provide extensive burn times, they last around 50 to 55 hours each. The scent is a nice, sweet fragrance that mixes sparkling champagne with sweet grapefruit, rhubarb and juicy watermelon. You can find them at ethosmade.co.uk, that is E-T-H-O-S-M-A-D-E.co.uk or their Instagram, at ethosmade, so that's at E-T-H-O-S underscore M-A-D-E. And remember to quote QR at the checkout to get 10% off your order. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our sponsors. Now let's get back to it.
Um, let me ask you another question then, as we're talking about kind of queer representation. How about problematic queer representation? What do you think of that? What is it like an example that comes to mind when you think about... Let me whip out a list, honey. <laughs> I cannot begin, like... Oh, films? Film-wise, just because, you know, that I, I... I wouldn't say I watch a ton of films, but I try my best, and when I do, I, I, I really enjoy most of them. But when it comes to queer cinema, there's like, let me whip out this list because I already have it. Uh, <laughs> I'm not even joking. Just a second. Um, you know, it's it's a double-edged sword because like in film, especially if it's mainstream, they do want to give out more representation of it, uh, of the queer community. But then again, they do it in a way that perhaps, like with the Imitation Game and Benedict Cumberbatch, everything's great. But, you know, so yeah, one of the characters, like the main characters, he's gay, and uh, and it's set way back when. But when when they do, like let when they do let know the audience, when they let know when they oh my god, <laughs> when the audience finds out that Benedict Cumberbatch character Benedict Cumberbatch's character is gay, um, everything goes downhill. And it feels like it's set back, and like the stories that are told of like queer people is set back in the day to, in a way, create a sense of uh, a history lesson. And like that's not the case anymore, not the case anymore. Uh, like it's, 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 it's usually just very like negative. Uh, like the same Brokeback Mountain was also a film that like, oh, the queer person is not going to have a happy ending. It's great yeah. because it's, it helps with representation, but then the gay man doesn't get his, his husband. Mm-hmm. It's, only, it's always negative. But like, you know, but then we have films like Bohemian Rhapsody, Rocket Man, um, The Prom, Circus of Books, Single All the Way, uh, you know, and The New Heartstopper. Single All the Way. Yeah, like, you know, even though it's cheesy, even though like Single yeah. All the Way is like a hallmark uh, like I mean, film. you know, it's about time, isn't it? Yeah, it's and, it's, and, it's, and it's totally fine, and it acknowledges every single stereotype, it subverts them, and it makes it fun, and it makes it like a family film. Mm. Yeah. Um, but, like, yeah, like, you know, it's just, it's just, I think, the way you're gonna look at it, I, I guess, because... Da- uh, like da- Dallas Buyers Club, Moonlight, it just focused on queer struggles. And that's what I think was kind of, you know, a thing that I, even though Moonlight, yes, it won an Oscar. Yes, it, it, it was the big hit. But it was, if I remember correct, correct me if I'm wrong, but the protagonist, he didn't, it was a bittersweet story. He didn't, like, just like, it's like topless, but Topless difference differs in a different way. I'll go on that later, but like in Moonlight, that the queer man or the queer person in general doesn't really succeed in the heteronormative world, now does he? Or they? That doesn't happen. Even though you know, like story-wise, narrative-wise, it, it fits with the themes of the heteronormative population that we live in. It feeds yeah. into the idea ideology of what is seen to be as the normal and feeds that that idea that you know the heteronormatives are the great and powerful that's how i feel like 
and that's that's the kind of like like things that really set me off. <laughs> I think I'm just used to seeing like quite a lot of stereotypes. Like what I grew up with is there was a token gay character um, who was inherently camp, couldn't do sport, um, and you know was just generally bullied and flamboyant and all of this stuff. It couldn't be anything subtle. Um, and it was used as a device, you know, like something to laugh at, comedic relief and all of that stuff. I don't think I'd seen much of like, you know, just a gay person walking down the street, living their lives, um, which I think we're getting more of now. It would be nice to just see characters who identified as something without it being like an issue. Yeah. Like they're just yeah. like, yeah, I'm. Or that their sexuality is based around their character arts. Yeah. But I quite like, you know, what like sex education and stuff does with it, um, where they do address like, you know, people in the closet, people out of the closet, being in a relationship um, with those two sides and that kind of representation of bullying and kind of being scared to come out um i think both like the whole coming out process and i feel like that was where i saw representation when i was 15 it was all about gay people coming out and everything about glee and things like that um there's definitely good in that in those representations however it did make me absolutely petrified to come out because of kind of the responses from people within those narratives so and then yeah as you, as you say patrick about kind of the the negativity of that and the kind of it it made me very anxious about that process and there was no no real representation of joyful coming out or coming out that isn't an issue or is accepted, is supported by family. I can't, can't think of anything that's kind of a, a parent or family that is just super supportive in media around 2009 time when I was 14, 15. Maybe um, an episode or two in, um, um, no, in general, when when did uh, Modern Family came out, come out? uh 2000 and it's just ended doesn't it so that was let me just google it rather than like going on about modern family modern family uh 2009 to 2020 yeah and the very first episodes yeah it still had that little thing for 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 the majority of the population if you know if you call the majority of the population heteronormative to have a laugh at because inherently they were yeah they were comedic characters yeah just like Sofia Vergara with being a Hispanic that's that yeah America uh, uh, modern families you know it's 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 like Americans taking the mick out of <laughs> uh, out of other cultures and, and orientations and just people yeah I, I love modern family but when on like a rewatch there's a lot of problematic stuff in there which is like is yeah just like crazy stuff and i think more specifically within maybe uh strict gender roles and the kind of comments that jay has that i know that kind of someone of that age would probably have that but i think surprisingly within cam and mitch they have kind of 
quite interesting remarks regarding kind of gender identity, which I, again, like not every kind of gay cisgender male is the most forward-thinking person, but I, I think it would have been a good opportunity to maybe explore that a bit more or say something maybe a bit more positive about gender identity because, yeah, I mean, trans representation seems a bit shoddy all round. Um, and I think that's very reflective of kind of the issues in this country, in America, etc. And that's where Topless comes in and tries to yeah. somewhat help. Well, you see, then again, there's me saying that, oh yeah, diversity, but then Topless is about a gay guy. It's not about a non-binary individual or or our lesbian sisters that are not being like at all like in 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 media, well mainstream. Even though it is, you know, we're it's independent. So like, I mean, independent cinema in itself is it's easier for independent filmmakers to 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 tell stories that would otherwise not be possible with mainstream media. Yeah, but with topless. Yes, even though it is a bittersweet story where the character gets what they need instead of what they want, but it doesn't have that negative connotation to being gay. Yes, there might be some struggles, but those struggles are shared just like with any other person yeah. that, that could have those struggles. It's not, it's not, it's not oriented with, with being gay, which I thought that, you know, could be like, an interesting way of showing it's more emotional in that it's more psychological what themes are kind of explored in topless then what are you intending to explore uh very so search for love is <clears throat> a big theme we have three big themes if you if you will yeah search for love would be yeah. one of them the importance of friendship is a very big one uh that you know my mom told me that you know friends are forever you know partners come and go at you know sometimes hopefully they don't go <laughs> they only you know they, yeah. they when they come they, they they're, they're there um and then uh, emotional immaturity is another one because you know no matter your age some people you know still can just not be emotionally mature, mature enough to be in a relationship and thus yeah. hurt someone that matters most which is topless in a nutshell yeah, and I, I think that's true. We kind of measure people by age, but age doesn't really account for amount of life experience or yeah, emotional maturity or all those things that yeah, and there are many people who are older who are yeah, less less mature and things like that. That that was the case. No, it's just that we're sitting. So for the listeners, just so that they would know, um, we are currently me and Chelsea are sitting at Cafe Nero in Falmouth, and and we're just while we're talking, we're also people watching at the same time, uh, <laughs> and so there's just a bunch of people screaming in the street uh, while we are shut down for the day. Uh, and having this nice little scenery <laughs> of the coffee shop in the dark, which is one of the locations that we'll be filming at. So, so what does the location that you're in right now do for the film? What what kind of takes place there without telling me too much? Well, you know, I wanted so because we're both working in a cafe. We're both working Cafe Nero, me and Chelsea. Uh, I work as a supervisor, and Chelsea works as a assistant manager. Right? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. 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 No, lo- <laughs> no longer manager in tra- uh, assistant manager in training. No, oh, I was no. I was manager in training. Yeah. So now I'm technically a fee. It doesn't matter. It's not relevant. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Well, anyway, you're still in a higher position, and so basically, um, yeah, and uh, and in the story, uh, because it's Caffeinero, we can't use Caffeinero. We had to create a whole new company. So we thought of different yeah. different ideas. So we thought of common grounds as one of them, uh, common but grounds. common grounds. That's quite smart. Uh, but we decided to go with just a coffee because it's um, a, a foreshadowing tool, if you will. There's a lot of Easter eggs in Topless, and so just a coffee is um, it's kind of like just a Justin, and Justin is one of the characters that Anthony, the protagonist, meets in the cafe. Yeah. Um, and it's the place where it kind of sets off. Their relationship kind of starts. Um, so Anthony go, has a romance with this guy called Justin. And also the cafe, at least in Falmouth, our cafe, like we've seen, like it, we have regulars that come in and I'm not even kidding. If one of our regulars comes in through the door, I know what they're going to have. And I start making it immediately because this place serves like it's like a little haven. It's a safe space where people can come and enjoy and be themselves and, 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 and have, a, have a laugh and have a good time. And a lot of the people that do come in here, I've just been observing them for the past 10 months that I've been working here. It's that everybody, you know, they, they're here for the company. They're here for that little chit chatter yeah. while we make the coffee. And, and when they get to sit down they're you know, it's, and I wanted to bring that to the film because sometimes people start relationships here like I've met a lot of my friends in Cafe Nero while working here so it's just another like little personal detail that I thought it would be a cute thing to put in yeah it's like a it's a it's a space isn't it it's a a space where people meet it's a natural do you know I mean and so I think it yeah it would be, it's a good good location to use and obviously your personal ties to it as well so what do you hope to gain from this film what's the goals for you both well my goal is to get exposure i mean uh i'm having a valentina moment i want to show this i i don't want them to see um what i can do i want to show them the star that i am <laughs> no but genuinely like genuinely thinking right topless is is yet another film yes it's another queer film but I just really want people to resonate with it and I want that people and I also want to create a film and I also want to get exposure and I also want people to see it and be like oh it's that Lithuanian slash Danish dude that did it or something you know with a weird American accent with a weird American <laughs> accent that everybody notices but yeah this is kind of you know something that I I, I really I really want people to it's not going to be something very, very big, but it has grown into something way bigger than I anticipated in the first place, mm-hmm. with now being supported by over 17 companies with an upcoming show that we're going to have at the Cornish Bank. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. quite impressive. So director's roots then, but in terms of kind of creation or what do you hope to do after university? I know that we're, we're trying to kind of remove this, the student stigma, but I'm interested in what the plans are. Well, professionally, my plan is to write, but obviously that is not the most, you know, 
applicable role to society in terms of actually finding yeah. a job and being able to support myself. Um, so, you know, I have a few friends in the industry so I can start like editing and stuff like that. Um, but right now I just kind of want to do like as much creative stuff in the space that I have as possible. That's why I'm really excited to be involved like in Topless, not only because like, you know, of Patrick, um, but it is like a space that you can be inspired to be creative and like pushed. Um, yeah. It's also something that, it sounds very tragic, but I'm excited to like show my friends that I was part of it and be like, hey, this is a thing I did. Here's some representation yeah. for you, for you specifically. I did that, <laughs> you're welcome. And Patrick, obviously, <laughs> mainly. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, you need to kind of utilize the people around you, um, especially yeah. in like, Falmouth, because you know, you never know when you're gonna be able to work with those people ever again and make a I'm film sure. like this ever again. So, I think it's really cool that you're uh, like taking this opportunity to make this whilst you. Oh, yeah, here. definitely. Because you know, even though, like, f f with me, I I started off, I've been editing for like five, ne five years now, mainly with Final Cut, and now I recently became avid meter composer and pro tool certified and that's kind of what i like to do because with editing you can change a lot you can change a genre you can you know manipulate a lot but then again i really love art in general so like anything from music to costumes to props to you know art directing is kind of what i'm very interested in as well but that's why i picked up directing for topless because i'm also doing art directing for topless because I have a very specific view, a very clear idea, and very intricate ways of, and, and, and the aesthetic as well, but also very intricate ways of placing maybe uh, Easter eggs and, 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 and hints uh, to the people. So, you know, when they do spot it it, it, it makes you feel very good about it. But then again, I think that I'm gonna go probably into something as niche as editing and then yeah. see where it takes me because that, that's where I feel most confident at. I love writing, but then again, you're, you're totally right, Chelsea. It's it's an area where it's like 10%. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I think the reality of any industry at the moment, especially, especially within the creative industry, is that you have to multitask massively. And that's something that I think, I mean, I graduated from my master's in 2017 and I've done loads of stuff diff different to not, not not using my degree at all um and then i'm now kind of back in that creative space so you even have to kind of leave that space and it doesn't necessarily feel great to but you're still kind of building kind of that progress and you are without realizing kind of honing your skills and working out what you want to say and things so i think it's a it's a really good kind of process and i'm uh I'm jealous you're still in Falmouth. And <laughs> yeah, well, I I intermitted from uni, so I've had like yeah. a couple of years, especially over the pandemic as well. But I had a couple of years where I've just been working um, at Cafe Nero. And don't get me wrong, if Jerry Ford's watching, I love working here. Um, <laughs> but in terms of being like me a, too, yeah. Me too. In terms of being a creative stuck in, like you know, it's kind of mundane. You're like, you don't feel very inspired. You feel like you're not achieving anything. 
working not to fight. Yeah, and like, what a- it is good to like learn the skills that this kind of job teaches you, but at the end of the day, you're like, is this my purpose? Like, what am I doing? And it, you know, there's a lot of pressure on time on yourself sometimes, which, you know, shouldn't be a thing. Make movies when you're 90, you know, yeah. whatever. But right now, I think it's, I'm very excited to be on a project. It's <laughs> what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> okay, last question for both of you then. What do you want from LGBTQIA representations going forward? What is the kind of goal for you? And where does what you're saying lie with that? Well, I would just like to see it everywhere, um, just as mainstream as like every other film. And it's just like normalized as well. Like I do just want to see characters who are queer that aren't there to tell a story or be part of the story, just be yeah. like themselves. Um, but I think we're still like, we're getting there, but you know, we're still a fair way off. Um, yeah. And a lot of things that are doing that are getting like cancelled immediately or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, Topless is contributing to that because there are like characters that aren't protagonists that are like, you know, somewhere on the spectrum. Yeah, like Lucas, even though. So the thing with Lucas, for example, he's bi mm-hmm. and he's curious. And you know he he he's not sure about his sexuality, and Anthony, being sure about his sexuality, well he's struggling emotionally, <laughs> and you know Chloe's an ally, and and she's she's the greatest ally. <laughs> no, but like you know there there are many 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 different like little caveats, and I think it's it's important with that. And I agree with Chelsea, it's just to have a wider... It's a, it's a big ask, because it's not that easy. But, but to have a, a more mainstream approach with... An independent approach to the mainstream media. Which will be very difficult, because, because just as Chelsea said, it can get cancelled. Like, with a, with, with a snap of a finger. So, yeah, but, but, but I think... We'll see how it will go. <laughs> I, I just really hope the topless adds to it rather than than takes away from it because you know I can I'm I think I'm highly biased in that I wrote it and it's my own experience and there's just so many other experiences that I have not even thought about probably. But I I think that that's a very interesting kind of conundrum because whenever I'm in kind of we're writing with a, a collaborator one of my frequent collaborators we often think about things like should this character be this should this character be this and when, what we always kind of come back to is that most cisgender heteronormative kind of or cishet writers rarely consider those kind of things and do you know what I mean so it's something that we're we're maybe taking and shouldering the weight of the queer community but that's not always the best thing to do so I think talking from your own experience is is the right move and that's how we do it is showing multiple experiences not one film or one tv program that ticks every box uh, because that's impossible it's difficult because n- I, I got told by my mom 
and I love her to bits. Oh God, I can you know, it always comes back to mom. Any problem you have, it'll always come back to mom. And she told me, you're never gonna make anybody, like everybody happy. Everybody's gonna be, you know, some, there's gonna be somebody that's not gonna be pleased with, you know, the representation uh, or, or something else. And I think, you know, it's, it's just life at the end of the day. And, and it's okay when, you know, shit hits the fence. But at the same time, if you have that mindset that you want to show everything, that's a good thing to start with, you know, to show every single, yeah. just include as many, you know, people in terms of, I'm going on a tangent. What I'm trying to say is that do not, do not make a film or some sort of media like diverse just for the sake of it in a way yeah it shouldn't be a tick box activity it should it should feel natural as jumping it to the story um yeah i would agree with you there okay i'm very grateful for both of your uh time on this uh friday sunny afternoon looks sunny there in falmouth where can people find you on the internet and where can they find updates about topless etc well funny that you ask about that uh, <laughs> so you can follow topless film uh, on instagram at topless film uh you can also so that's 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 the main area yeah. Uh, that we're kind of yeah. like rolling around with but my own personal handle is uh, Patrick with a CK at the end and an extra K JH Patrick JH with two Ks Chelsea I don't really have like <laughs> it's not that I'm like oh my god don't follow me it's that I'm just you know I don't have like a uh, what internet personality the, yeah like I don't have so you know People can find me through you if they need to, but I don't have anything to like. <laughs> we can go for that, that's fine. Yeah, also, if you're in the area in Falmouth at some point. Yeah, swing by to Cafe Nero. Yeah. Just pop into Cafe Nero. <laughs> yeah, it's been amazing to speak to you both. I'm very excited to see Topless. Uh, when, are you, when do you um, shoot? So we're starting the shoot on the 1st of September. Okay, well, it's been lovely to speak to you both. Thank you. Thank you so much. I uh, really enjoyed chatting to you. Thank, Thank you. you. All the best. See you in a bit. Bye. See you in a bit. Bye. 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 Hi everyone, thanks for listening to this episode and massive thank you for Patrick and Chelsea for joining me for that chat. I'm really looking forward to seeing Topless as it comes out and starts to come together. Have a fantastic day, whatever you're up to. If you're interested in getting involved or having a chat, please reach out via Instagram at Queer Reflections and subscribe and rate our podcast on your podcast provider of choice. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you on the next one. Take care and have a wonderful day. Mm-hmm.